Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in, turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. on this get you to the weekend Friday edition of the Patrick Johnson show we got pirate basketball uh, in our sights ECU and Tulane tomorrow and it'll be a six o'clock tip from Williams Arena Minji's Coliseum uh, we'll have uh, coverage here on the radio beginning at 5 30 tomorrow on 94.3 the game 107.9 WNCT the flagship stations of the ECU Pirates glad to have you along with us uh, for the ride home on a Friday it's been quite a week and uh, we're just getting revved up and ready to go for uh, 2020 in a lot of ways. Cy Seymour in a few minutes. Uh, Cy will be uh, on the phone with us here momentarily to talk about uh, the basketball uh, matchup tomorrow. Pirates needing to get a win against the Green Wave, and it's a, a winnable game. Hope a lot of fans will make their way out tomorrow to Williams Arena Minji's Coliseum. That's a game that uh, the Pirates uh, uh, certainly are taking on a two-lane team that is much improved. Pirates are in a little bit of a slump right now. And uh, they can uh, they can they can beat this team tomorrow, but uh, we will have to uh, we will have to see. Uh, I'm looking at uh, a report that uh, came out a little earlier today, and this is uh, the host of the AAC Daily uh, podcast Monday through Friday. Uh, really good guy, uh, despite the fact that he claims he's a boring guy. Uh, is uh, Austin Cox on uh, Twitter. See Austin Cox, as uh, he goes by, uh, his pen name. He's reporting that Boise has been in contact with both the Big Sky and West Coast Conference to discuss movement of Olympic sports for the Broncos in the last 24 hours. BSU has plans for its football program, and it's looking less like posturing each day uh, with the uh, Mountain West. Uh, so that's a tweet that came out a little earlier, and it does lend some further credence to the thought that the Boise State Broncos could become the 12th member of the uh, American in football. That could be a little bit of bad news for ECU from this standpoint. That would logically move, if you went back to divisions, it would move Memphis out of, excuse me, uh, Navy out of the West. Might be better off if it were Memphis. It would move Navy out of the West and put them in the East, one would think. So that means a yearly dose uh, in uh, divisional play of Navy for the Pirates. And ECU over the years, for whatever reason, under different head coaches, different defensive coordinators, has always struggled against Navy. Uh, and, and again, that's just you know speculative there, nothing official, but it would just seem to be that you'd see Navy uh, as an Eastern Division team because uh, they would obviously go back to geographical divisions, one would think, with uh, an addition of a 12th football member. We'll stay tuned and keep an eye on that over the weekend. A story that was first reported by footballscoop.com. Other media outlets are picking it up. Oklahoma announcing that assistant head coach, outside linebacker, linebackers coach Ruffin McNeil is uh, stepping away from football. Uh, it says he is returning uh, to the uh, Lumberton area to help care for his uh, 85-year-old father. 
Uh, McNeil calling it one of the toughest decisions he had to make, but he's reiterating this is not retirement for him. He does want to coach in some form or fashion, uh, but right now that might that can't be the case. He says my focus needs to be on my dad back in North Carolina. Of course, uh, Coach Ruff out with Lincoln Riley. Their time together dates back to here at ECU, and uh, we wish uh, Coach McNeil and uh, we wish uh the mcneil family all the best during this uh, tough time with rough's dad who i know a lot of you even know uh out there and uh again our, our thoughts right now are with the mcneil family uh to a little bit of uh, happier news possibly at least a happier uh topic when we have Cy seymour on he's joining us on the phone right now to talk ecu and Tulane basketball tomorrow night at the coliseum Cy, always great to talk to you how are you I'm good. I hope you're doing well, Patrick. Yeah, we are. We're ready for uh, Pirate Basketball. You know, I've said this yesterday, and I'm going to say it again here today. This is the big game because you need the fans in the arena Saturday. And I I know people are saying, well, you guys always say that. Well, one, we shouldn't have to. Two, they've played well at home. And when you have a young team like this, if you have a good crowd, they're going to play better at home. Not that they played bad at SMU the other night, but... This is a beatable team coming in here. It's a team that could easily beat ECU, but it's a team that ECU can beat, and it's a team that this young uh, victory this young team needs to kind of get some confidence with Houston coming in. Well, I think you're right. I think this is a this is a winnable game, but a losable game. This is a good team coming in. Ron Hunter's done a nice job with his ball club down at Tulane. Uh, the other part of it is. You know, you sit here and people get dismayed when you lose to Tulsa because they, they're thinking, Tulsa, this is a team we could beat. Well, now you look up and they're 5-1 and one in the league. They just beat Memphis by 40 points, 80-40. to 40, And you say, well, maybe Tulsa's not too bad being, you know, <laughs> may, being Memphis is in the top 25 and they get beat by 40. You know, that's this league. This league is a really, really good league. And the more educated you get about this league, the more you say, this is really one of the top basketball leagues in the country. Uh, Tulane is coming in. They are uh, ten and eight overall, two and four in the American. They themselves lost to Tulsa a week ago, so they've had a week off. Uh, Sixty-seven fifty-four. They have dropped three or four and two in a row coming into uh, this one. But uh, you know, just go back a couple weeks ago, this team won at Temple. No easy feat. Uh, they beat Cincinnati earlier in the year uh, played Memphis tough in a nine point loss. Ron Hunter's done a, a really nice job. And if you look at Ron Hunter's history, he's won everywhere he's been. He's won games in the NCAA tournament. He's put some guys in the NBA. Uh, Ron Hunter doesn't take a job and uh, just say, okay, well, we'll do what we can do. No, Ron Hunter, as he said, in this press conference, Ron Hunter doesn't finish last. Yeah. And I'll tell you, he, what he's done is hard is that he took advantage of the portal, which mm-hmm. is a great move, mm-hmm. and he picks up uh, Kristen Thompson, who's from Rhode Island and was a really good player as a graduate student. K.J. Lawson, who was one of the top premier players in the country, he went to Memphis, then he went to Kansas, and he's a graduate student, K.J. Lawson, uh, and he picked up those two guys, and then he picked up a transfer uh, from Georgia, uh, Hightower, who is about a six-five kid, and these kids, these three guys, are, are really special kids. I mean, these guys are averaging about 61% of their points and 54% of their rebounds. When I was 
doing my totals yeah. on it. These guys are really carrying this ball club, all three brand-new guys. Two of them will be gone next year, but he wanted instant help. And, I, and you got to give him credit. He got it, and these kids have played well. And these are six, five, six, 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 seven athletes that can really go. So give credit to Ron Hunter. This will be a really difficult contest. You're going to have to give it all you've got and play well to beat them. Cy Seymour joining us uh, here, Cy, uh, analyst on the network, uh, and we'll have the game for you tomorrow right here on uh, 94.3 The Game and also 107.9 WNCT via the uh, uh, Learfield or the uh, Learfield IMG College Pirate Sports uh, Network. 5.30 the airtime, 6 o'clock will be the uh, the tip. Pirates in Tulane uh, tomorrow. Hightower at over 16 a game. And uh, he can shoot the basketball pretty well. You know, in fact, you, you look kind of up and down the board. Uh, they've got a couple guys that can hit some threes. Uh, and uh, even though they're not shooting from the field very well, something that just stands out to me, Sign, this is going to seem like a, a strange comment, but I think you'll pick it up since since you were a great coach for all those years, especially Hightower. They shoot the free throws at a pretty good clip. Yeah, they do. They, they get to the line and they shoot it well when they're there. And that, that's a key stat for this ball club. The other part is, you know, that, that what gets you, Patrick, is how much you can change in one year with the addition of the portal now. I'm telling you. Well, yeah, changes. I mean, this is two years in a row, a team that was not expected to do a lot has changed a lot. I mean, uh, yes. I think of South Florida last year and Tulane this year. That's right. And, 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 the tr- and, and because of reasons, Joe Dooley could not get in the portal this year. He wanted to, but there were reasons because of the situation with the APR. He just said, I can't take chances on graduates because a lot of times graduate students will come in, they will play, and then the second semester they will play, but they won't finish their degree. Right. And it affects it affects your uh, APR. You know, how, what are you doing with your grades? And Joe, Joe just said, we do not have the room to make these kind of moves. And, and right now, Tulane did. They make the move. Ron Hunter has these kids. Now you only have them for one. They're gone but they make a big difference in your program. Cy Seymour with us here. Cy, uh, as far as uh, you, you mentioned it, and I, was, I meant to ask you about it health-wise, what do you know going in for uh, ECU right now? Really, we don't know. But, uh, one, you know one of the kids, uh, Miles James, had uh, a sinus infection and sick. He just could not play. Right, yeah. Uh, and, and then the other big, you just don't know if you're going to get him back or not. I mean, it's... It, 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 he had a knee problem. They're checking him, and they're hoping he's going to be all right. Okay, but we we just don't know right now. And, and look, we were checking, but nobody knows right now about the big man if he'll be back. Jaden Gardner um, comes into the game tomorrow night, and this almost sounds crazy, Cy. And you, you've I've watched a lot of ECU basketball, but you've watched a ton of ECU basketball over the years. So we'll see if this blows you away like it does me. Uh, Jaden Garner enters to tomorrow night's game. Fifty career games, right? Eight hundred ninety-six points. Here's the here's the thing. That's the third most in school history. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, he's going to break every that, record. That blows my mind. Ever, I know. That I blows know. my mind. It really does. Uh, yeah, it, it's hard to believe what he's done, and, and that motor is unbelievable. Uh, you know, and in. Don't make my kids. Everybody's doubling. Everybody's doing everything they can against him, but he never start, stops playing hard. And he gives you everything he he can. And uh, and and truthfully, 
Jaden is, is listed at six seven. I'm not sure he is six seven, no. but he gives you everything he's got, every play, and and does a great job doing it. I mean, strong hands, plays smart, and and let me tell you, he's getting the best shot. Every I mean, everybody doubles, everybody comes down, doubles down on him every possession. So, and until ECU begins to knock down some threes, uh, and they're open. Uh, it's not yeah, I mean, they're getting, open. they're getting shots. They just got to make them. That's right. These guys are open. And, and again, like I said, the other part of it is, you you know, you lose Edra Luster the other night. Yeah. Don't know if he'll be back. So you don't have a lot of help. You have Coleman inside, and Baruti can play inside. And I think Baruti's gotten better. But, you, you know, there's not a lot of big guys that can help him uh, inside. So you got to give credit to Garner. Just the way his hustle, his work ethic is just second to none. Cy Seymour is uh, with us here. Great to have Cy uh, on. He'll be on the call tomorrow night, uh, 6 o'clock, right here on uh, 94.3 The Game, 107.9 WNCT. If you can't catch the game on ESPNU, Pirate Basketball. Houston is also uh, up uh, after that. We might get a quick primer on Cy uh, there. Cy, I think we're going to be back out at the arena on Wednesday, so hope you'll stop by there. Uh, But uh, Tulane tomorrow night. When you look towards uh, Houston, uh, boy, the, what a what a basketball program, not team, program that Kelvin Sampson has. There is no doubt about what he is doing. I mean, you know, he, to me, is their program is one of the top programs in the country, and I don't think people realize how good they are. They are just uh, a special – three great players last year, and I mean really good players. And then you turn around this year, and you're just repeat, repeating the things. You row at the point. You know this kid's tall. He's you know he's six 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 seven something like that, or or six five, and just can tear you up at the point. And I'm not talking about your normal kind of guy. This guy can really go after it. He is unbelievable. And then of course he's got the, Car- the North Carolina guys that play well. He's got a good kid from from Gastonia that just is really special, and I, I really like him. And so this team just gets better and better, and they are relentless on the offensive glass. I mean, they just keep going after it. They got the good kid coming back from Kansas. This is just a loaded team in Quentin Grimes. I mean, it's just a loaded ball club. You better be bring your A game when they're there. They're mm-hmm. just that good a ball club. Yeah. Uh, that's Houston Wednesday, Tulane tomorrow night. Cy, what are the keys for a Pirate win tomorrow? I think you got to shoot the ball well. I think, I think ECU has got to start knocking down some jumpers. They're open, and the guys are there that can shoot it. They just got to make some jumpers. You're going to have to hit the glass. You've got to get you've got to get the glass, and you really have to eliminate live ball turnovers. This team can these these guys on the perimeter for for uh, for Tulane are quick. They can get in passing lanes. You've got to make sure no live ball turnovers. You got to knock down jumpers when you're open, and and again. You gotta, you gotta really control the glass. You have to to beat this team. Cy, great to talk to you as always. Uh, have a good call tomorrow night, and uh, let's uh, pull the Pirates through. Well, let's hope so. We we'll, we'll look forward to talking to you during the week again with Houston. We had ECU Baseball Media Day just uh, the other day, and uh, we had great interviews with Coach Godwin, uh, Jeff Dietrich, the new pitching coach, uh, also heard from uh, Cooch Maynard, and we've had comments from all of the uh, players. We've heard from them. Uh, We're going to have more of our one-on-one interviews coming up here in just a minute. Uh, Jeff Palumbo, associate head coach for Pirate Baseball. Coach is a great guy. We'll talk to him about the season ahead, and we'll also uh, have Gavin Williams. That's kind of a loose, fun interview. So those interviews in a uh, back-to-back fashion in our next 
next segment. Patrick Johnson Show on a uh, Friday. We'll talk all Pirate Baseball next segment here on the PJ Show. Stay tuned for more of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Pitt County's home for sports. Here we go. We're back. Back to the P-Man. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Jeff Palumbo is uh, with us uh, here. Uh, now associate head coach of uh, ECU Baseball. Great to see you again, Coach. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate having me. And congratulations on uh, the ascension, if you will, to yeah. associate head coach. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. It's, it's <laughs> o- always nice to say, as I just mentioned, it's became a better coach overnight. So it's, uh, it's hey. uh, o- always great. <laughs> More knowledgeable. Well, you've been here with Cliff Godwin since day one. Uh, we talked to Coach about, you know, being able to there, – there is a lot of newness this year. 18 new players but there's a culture here and older guys to teach that culture and I have to imagine that's that's so important to to keeping that thread of consistency about the program it is it's 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 huge and a lot of people have asked about this team's roster and and I really you know it's a unique roster in the sense that we have a lot of new faces but we also have some some players and some guys that have been in the program and and have a, have had a ton of success at a very very high level and, and and can pass along a lot of great information so it's pretty much split right down the middle um, and those older guys have done a, an outstanding job of of making sure the young guys come in, know what to expect, and, and know how to go about their work. And uh, that that still takes time. When you have eighteen new players, it's going to take time to educate them and get everybody on the same page. But you know, credit to Coach Godwin and and uh, you know the, the players that are returning that they've done a great job of giving them that information as quickly as possible and getting everybody on the same page. Jeff, I don't want to necessarily uh, uh, put you on the spot here, but of these eighteen. Who has looked? Uh, who's impressed you as a staff the most so far? You know, yeah, I think you know I, I'm I'm dealing a little bit more in in terms of what I'm doing on a daily basis with the position guys. Um, so, so I can we'll start there. Who sure. you know, out of yeah. that grouping, who who's impressed you so far? You know, it's it's uh, it's been fun. You know, to, to get these guys and, and get to work with them. You know, some of the guys that have have stood out. You know, Zach Agnos has been a guy, and, and he'll be on both sides of it. You know, with with uh, you know pitching innings as as well. But you know, just done a great job of of coming in. And and Zach had the uh, you know the benefit of being around this program. Uh, for, right. for, for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, coming and visiting Jake and, and just being around what we do and sitting in on meetings and different things that he got a chance to see what day-to-day life is like here as a player. Before you go on, let me let me ask you to uh, as far as where Zach would play in the field, where are you guys kind of projecting him? Yeah, I mean, Zach's been working really at all three. You know, he's, he's done a lot of work recently here at third base, so that's a, that's a position that, you know, is, is uh, still needing to be filled, but Zach can play shortstop, Zach can play second base, um, so he's going to be, you know, in the infield and, and contributing significantly so um, I, I would say you know we start inner squads you know here coming up on Friday I would say he'll probably start at third base to get to, to get things rolling associate head coach of ECU baseball Jeff Palumbo is uh, joining us uh, here some of the other new newcomer guys that uh, going into all of this that you think might have a real shot to to maybe uh, be seen 
early on in the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Alec Makarevich is another another uh, another infielder from from Florida that's come in and done a great job. He's a switch hitter. He's got power from both sides of the plate, and he's been extremely consistent, you know, daily with his with his work defensively. So we're excited about uh, what, what Alec brings to the table. Ben Newton's a you know guy behind the plate, and Matt Matt James as well, guys behind the plate that you know can uh, you know fill 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 some roles for us in, in terms of Ben being a left-handed hitter and you know Seth is a right-handed hitter behind the plate so those guys you know you kind of match up you know if you're facing different arms and and Matt James is another guy that brings a lot of power to the plate had an outstanding uh, year last year as, as a player of the year out, out there in the NWAC the junior college league mm-hmm. wooden bat league out there showed mm-hmm. a lot of power out there so you know a guy that I think you know can can do it behind the plate some as well as you know fit into a DH role so some of the position guys there that have you know we, we kind of pinpoint as guys now there's other guys some guys have been hurt Skylar Brooks is a position right. guy that's been yeah. hurt didn't have a chance to, to showcase a ton in the fall so we'll get a chance to see him a little bit more here over the next three weeks we're excited he's healthy and and can dive in as well but uh, but there's there's a handful of others but some of the, those are the, some of the guys that have stood out here over the first you know first few months months of working out together some talented people returning uh, and uh, Ryder Giles is one of those kind of leaps uh, to mind last year he's playing we'll say a little bit out of position but certainly not a natural presi- position for him at third base uh, and uh, it seemed like Turner really kind of took him under uh, his wing and, and brought him along. He's back at short, going to be at shortstop. Uh, and, and nice to know, though, he could really play that side of the field if, in a pinch or if you need him to. But he will start at short, it looks like. It looks like, yeah. It looks like Rod, Rod will settle there at shortstop. And, and Rod has got the benefit of playing third base, as you mentioned, a little bit out of you know out of position for him. But uh, but the great part was that not only did he get the experience of, of playing every day and how to you know figure out how to handle the left side of the infield and, and do it every day at, at this level, you know, but he also had, you know, one of the best, best teammates, you know, in terms of learning from him and, and, and Turner, you know, is, is, uh, I mentioned, mentioned to some others that Turner is, is probably the, you know, he gave Ryder free education, you know, <laughs> on what it's like to, <laughs> right, to yeah. play, to play here at, uh, at East Carolina and to be successful. So Ryder, just a great, great duo there. Turner Brown leading the way Ryder being, you know, a, a sponge soaking it up and, and, uh, being prepared. So Ryder, Ryder showed up every day. He's worked extremely hard. And then one thing Ryder and I have talked about daily is, you know, Ryder can make every type of play. There's not a play at shortstop that Ryder Giles can't make. The The question is how consistently we can make them, you know, and we've challenged him in practice to continue daily, you know, to try to go through the entire practice without making making any mistakes. And, and uh, you know, as I told him, I said, look, consistency will be the difference, you know, as to whether or not Ryder Giles is, you know, a, a good defender here at East Carolina or he's one of the best in the country. We're talking with uh, Jeff Palumbo, associate head coach for uh, Pirate Baseball, the uh, season opener on the 14th against uh, William and Mary that three game set uh, over Valentine's uh, weekend uh, and uh, coach uh, we've gone a little over six minutes here and we haven't brought up Alec Burleson uh, yet so we'll do that now it's, it's like when we talk to uh, coach Houston and we went a few minutes without talking about the quarterback right because right. there are a lot of uh, things pirate fans want to know sure and uh, Burley is uh, kind of a steady guy you know what to expect out of him but where did he elevate his game uh, in the offseason in your estimation you know, I, I think his his summer experience, you know, playing with uh, playing with Team what USA, what an experience, yeah, gosh. outstanding experience, and, and just so rare to get that opportunity, and, and you know, to put together you know big hits for Team USA, and and just you know get, get, getting out and, and getting out of your comfort zone a little bit and playing, you know, with even another tier level of player, and and I think Burley brings that experience back. You know, Burley's not going to see anything 
you know, that he hasn't seen at that at right. this point. And that gives you as a player, that gives you a lot of confidence. So we're certainly excited. I mean, look, he had an outstanding year, you know, last year for us and put up unbelievable numbers. And, and, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing for Burley is he does so many things for us and, and he's so, so good at so many. It's uh, again, managing, managing that, making sure he's in the best position to succeed, which, which coach Gowan does an unbelievable job. And, uh, for Burley just to go out and continue to, to lead our team. And, uh, and, and look, he's the best competitor I've ever coached, you know? And so, I don't, I don't doubt at any point in time that whatever point we, we're playing another team in that dugout that Alec Burleson's going to be ready to go, and that's the beauty of, of Alec Burleson. Coach Jeff Palumbo is uh, with us uh, here. Cliff Godwin doesn't want to talk about the schedule as a whole. He wants to talk about the 14th. You have a hand in, in putting together the scheduling, if I, if I remember uh, correctly. So when you're designing this schedule with the young team, uh, can you take us into how that goes? And then how much of it do you, is, is it like other sports where you have return series or return games or how does all that sort of work? It is. It is. You know, you have some home and home series. Uh, obviously, we have the the uh, the LeClaire tournament here, the LeClaire Classic, which is, is always outstanding. Is there a waiting list in a sense for that? Or? I don't know if there's a waiting list, so to speak. It's it's really, you know, it's 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 grown into something that uh, people people uh, when, when I reach out to other team and we'll have others that'll reach out to us you just try to find the, the right fit you know mm-hmm. and something coach Godwin's always liked to do is bring in a team you know from the state of North Carolina mm-hmm. usually we have a, st- a team from the state of North Carolina involved and then you know two other great great programs we try to bring in as well so kind of how we target it and we try to mix it up a little bit and, and obviously you don't want to add teams from the same conference since they'll play each other later in the year right, so a sure. little bit of a strategy to it but but really look it, it doesn't necessarily always boil down to you know young team old team we, we try to put together a, 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 a schedule that you know rpi wise is going to put us in a position much like last year you know mm-hmm. where where if we go out and we play well and we take care of business and, and we play our type of baseball we're going to be in a position to host super regionals and regionals um you know and i think last year looking back you know if we had you know maybe one one or two more out there at ucla or a game here or there i right. think we're in a position to be hosting that you know, super. it was an aggressive schedule and, and everybody talks about the the fans and the emotion of uh coming back after falling in the loser's bracket in the regional here. And that, that all had a lot to, to do with it. But I think you know, being able to draw on the experience you had with that schedule last year. And you had a team that was mature enough to kind of handle the, the lumps they, they took and, and be able to trans, translate that into some, sure, absolutely. You know, some opportunities they could draw from during the course yeah, of no the season. No, no question. I mean, I, you know, I think you look at this year's schedule, we got a little bit more home. We have a few more home games yeah. than, than normal, um, you know, and, and sometimes that's just kind of the nature of it. But, uh, you know, Coach always likes to take the, the non-conference series and, and go out and, and play one one series on the road at least. And we're going to do that at, at UNC Charlotte. And then they'll return the trip, you know, here here back here, so you know, down, down the road. So, you know, we have some home and homes mixed in, but you also you can get – can get creative a little bit with some things and you know scheduling is is now you know we're, we're, we're working on the 2023 schedule at this point wow. so you're pretty far yeah. down the road a little bit yeah uh great to see you again and uh we'll uh, hopefully get a chance to talk to you a little more during the uh, season this year looking forward to doing that absolutely i appreciate you having me on Thank you, Jeff Palumbo. Always great to have uh, Coach Palumbo on. We'll look forward to talking to him as the season continues on here. Gavin Williams is in line to be the first, uh, or should say, opening day starter for the Pirates. And Gavin Williams joined us earlier in the week when we had a chance to talk to him on ECU Baseball Media Day. Pirate Baseball just uh, a few weeks away, and Gavin Williams uh, joins us uh, here as he's uh, getting ready for the 2014 season. It's great to see you, Gavin. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing really well. Uh, You know, I think everybody's always talked about the great ability you have, the great potential you have, and it seems like you got really confident as the year went on last year, and here you are now uh, in the, with an off season and about to start this year, and, and all we're hearing is you really have a lot of confidence coming into the season, which is a great thing. 
Yeah, I do. Um, definitely looking back at Jake Agnes. He's definitely helped me, out, helped me out a lot. Definitely looking at him, watching him pitch throughout the year. He he took a lot of confidence on the mound, so that's what I'm going to try and do. Is a lot of the confidence, too, coming from the pa- the fact that your arsenal is, is a little sharper than maybe it was at any other point in your career in the purple and gold? Oh, definitely. It's definitely uh, developed a lot more. Uh, everything's a lot more sharper, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Uh, new coach, Jason Dietrich, new pitching coach. Uh, how's that relationship been? It, oh, it's phenomenal. Um, I would say a new a new coach is also, it's, it's pretty good sometimes. So right. Sometimes you need that. But Yeah. Did, did you feel like it's maybe a little bit of a clean set slate, not to say anything derogatory about uh, Coach Roselle, but I mean, just, you know, it's kind of a new start, a fresh start in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Um, we definitely talked a lot. Yeah. Uh, We've talked about the new slider and stuff. He's worked with me a lot with that. So, mm-hmm. what are some things you know that that he's maybe in addition kind of opened your eyes to? Maybe not necessarily pitches, but just some some things as far as approach, that kind of thing. Uh, has he talked to you about anything like that? There, there's some things that you're you've talked to him about. These kind of opened your eyes up to. Um, there's this thing I do with my changeup now. I curl my back toes. That's mm-hmm. definitely helped helped me out like a lot with slowing it down like okay. it deadens my backside so that definitely helps out a right. lot i got you so mechanically yes. it's been a, a big uh, part oh, of yeah. that uh as you guys look forward to uh you know the 14th uh that's the the game that matters and and uh, will matter for this program uh it, as far as it's the next game uh there's a good amount of time between now and then what are some things overall you feel like uh, that this team will need to work on before uh, william and mary comes to town I mean, there's not much to work on. Uh, we've worked on it every day. Yeah. Uh, well, what we get, would you say you need to kind of sharpen up? I guess. Uh, probably, probably like going over bump plays and stuff like that. Okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of new guys, so right. we definitely have to go over that a little bit more. Yeah. Get it like clicking in their head. So. Gotcha. Uh, a couple years in this program, a lot of new guys this year. Uh, you're a veteran guy in a lot of ways. We heard a lot about Connor Norby uh, on Media Day being a guy who made great strides last year. Oh, yeah. Kind of, kind of now is the guy that's showing the younger guys in a lot of ways. You all are, but Norby's a great example of guys you can get through that she's got to put the work in every day. Yeah. Uh, but you, you, you talked to a lot of these younger guys about that. I know some of them, uh, are, Agnos in particular, uh, mm-hmm. kind of knew what to expect. He's been around the program. But those other younger guys, if you kind of uh, been a mentor in a sense to a lot of those guys i mean yeah uh there's dylan lawson that's from right there around me about an hour from me so okay. I've, I've definitely taken him taken him in a little bit so i've known him for a while i knew him through high school so mm-hmm. definitely been trying to help him out did you get to play against christian jane in, in high school or coming up in the Fayetteville area yeah i played with him all all my life really okay i played i played against him every year of high school so is that right yeah who got the better of who uh, I can't. I can't answer that one. <laughs> well, I thought it was a good question, but uh, I understand. Okay, uh, are there any? I'm just looking. Are any other Fayetteville area guys that uh, are on the uh, on the team, or guys from around that area that uh, uh, you've you've played against, or you know? Of course, I guess now you know everything's can be travel rid. So I mean, I'm sure you've faced a lot of these guys that were uh, teammates uh, that are currently teammates for you now. Well, you got Evan Odom. He's from Lumberton. That's I right. Play, yeah, okay, I played against him in high school. Yeah, I actually. Broke did you, up. Did, yeah. you, did you get the better of him there? Yeah, I did. I, bro- <laughs> I actually broke up his no hitter in the seventh inning. Did you really? I did. Okay. I still give him crap about that. Yeah. Well, you probably should a little bit, right? Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Gavin Williams is with us here. Uh, Cooch Maynard had the three at bats in the regional. 
game last oh, year. So mad. We've got all of these two-way players now. Are you vying to, to be able to step up to the plate and take some cuts? Oh, I would definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, w- I would honestly consider myself fifth fifth string catcher right now. Is that right? Yeah. So in, Only in my head, though. Uh, is, okay. That's only not an head. official. Yeah, only in my head. But if you had in an emergency times four situation, you could be the fifth string catcher. Most definitely. I did it all through high school. Right. Okay. So you, you've, you've, it's not like you've never done it. That's yes. a, okay. You're right. So do you have a, 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 I don't want to say respect, but kind of a symbiotic relationship with catchers since you played one in high school for so many years? Um, kind of stay away from them a little bit, <laughs> especially all the drills they do. Uh, I wouldn't be too fond of doing that. Okay. So. Yeah. I got you. As you look forward to the season, what are your goals? Um, Honestly, just getting 1% better every day. Mm-hmm. Um, not really looking towards the next day or the next start after I have my first one or right. whatever I do the first day. So Right, yeah. Uh, well, I know you're looking forward to the year. It's great to sit down and talk with you. I appreciate yes, you sir. taking a few minutes with us. I appreciate you. All, All right. the time you spent on me. All right, Gavin Williams. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Gavin, an interesting cat. Good to catch up with him. Stay tuned. We have more of the PJ Show coming your way. Uh, we'll get set to wrap things up. Uh, but first, a visit from Nikki Novak uh, from Fandango, Talking Weekend Movies. Stay with us. PJ Show on a Friday. Wake up with Clay Travis. Get home with the P-Man on Pitt County's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. Patrick Johnson. For a guy who thinks he's cool, you're sure no fun. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Ben Barham here for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. We start with more from Wednesday's ECU Baseball Media Day. Head coach Cliff Godwin addressed the media explaining what he learned the most about his team in the offseason. Uh, we were a lot better at the end of the fall than we were at the beginning. You know, with 18, 18 newcomers that we have, obviously there's a lot more teaching going on. I thought Coach Palumbo, Coach Dietrich, Coach Knight, the entire coaching staff did a really good job getting the new guys acclimated into our system and understanding the fundamentals of what we need to be successful. East Carolina baseball opens the 2020 season on Friday, February 14th against William & Mary. Hear the games all season long on your flagship station for Pirate Baseball, 94-3 the game. In college hoops action, one marquee matchup tonight tipping off at 9 is 13th ranked Butler host Marquette. The Bulldogs are 7-point favorites in that matchup. In high school hoops tonight, plenty of action as Farmville Central battles North Pitt in a cross-county matchup. JP2 travels to Hobgood Academy. DH Conley hosts Southern Wayne. South Central taking on CBA Cock. Oakwood matches up against Halifax Academy. Parrot Academy hosts St. David's. And Jay Trose's game against Newburn, which is originally scheduled for tonight, has been moved to Monday, February the 3rd due to scheduling conflicts. New York Giants quarterback Eli Manning officially announced his retirement today, finishing up a 16-year run in the NFL. Manning won two Super Bowls and earned four Pro Bowl selections during his tenure with the Giants. Here's Eli with what led him to make that decision to retire. Well, I think it was important uh, to me to, to go out as a Giant. And uh, I think when you come, when you get drafted and you, you come to an organization, I think that's always your goal, to, to, to stay with one organization your entire career. Uh, as you get towards the end of it, it, it doesn't always work out that way, and you still have you know, desires to play sometime, but I think it was important um, the, 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 the fans, this organization, this family um, with the Giants uh, is, has been uh, so remarkable. I think it was, it was the right thing to, uh, um, to, to call it, to call it a, a career and to, to end it instead of trying to uproot my family and leave and, and uh, try somewhere else. This, this was the right decision, and uh, I, know, I know it is, and I'm at peace with it. I think that's 
what, what has made this um, this day a little bit easier. Earlier this morning, LSU head coach Ed Ogeron reached a six-year extension with the Tigers worth more than $42 million. And wrapping it up, Oklahoma announced that assistant head coach and former ECU head coach Ruffin McNeil temporarily stepping away from football to return home to North Carolina to help care for his 85-year-old father. Coach Ruff addressed the media claiming this is not a form of retirement and he still wants to coach in some form or fashion. For your 94.3 The Game Sports Update, I'm Ben Baum. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Like us on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page for breaking sports news, pictures, and videos, programming alerts, and the latest from the ECU Pirates. The Patrick Johnson Show. He's the perfect stud muffin. He's a menace to society. Every weekday at 5 on 94.3 The Game. We always like to tell you what's going on as far as movies go, and uh, we'd like to do that on Fridays here on the PJ Show. Uh, Nikki Novak in just a few minutes here from Fandango. A little pirate basketball this uh, weekend, then you go hit the late movie. Not a bad date night for uh, Saturday, and uh, with no uh, NFL football or any kind of football to uh, uh, watch this weekend, uh, there you go. So uh, check that. Uh, check out one of the movies here as we uh, talk about uh, some releases and uh, other things from Holly Weird. Nikki Novak from Vandango joins us now. Hello, Nikki. Hello. Great to talk to you. And uh, hey, here we are. With a couple of movies that are already on theaters, a couple of movies that are released this weekend, award season, where would you like to start? Where do we begin with all of this? Let's talk about what's already come out. We'll just keep moving. We'll, we'll start with like the past and then we'll move to the future <laughs> right okay there you go um so uh, uh, two movies that were out last week uh, a lot of acclaim for various reasons uh do little and then bad boys for life which is doing quite well at the box office anything with will smith uh generally does and uh, so yeah. Those, yeah those two are uh, out and uh, if you didn't catch them last weekend uh, maybe this weekend yeah, I mean, it's kind of incredible. Bad Boys for Life, you know, it just goes to show you with, and we'll, we'll get to it when we talk about award season, how the movie Parasite has kind of taken off because of word of mouth. But word of mouth is so important with certain movies these days. I mean, Will Smith has kind of had, you know, a little bit of a comeback last year. He's sort of like, I think he made three movies last year. And, you know, people have been waiting for this, you know, Martin Lawrence, Will Smith kind of rematch for 17 years and but it was just a word of mouth people just loved this movie and mm-hmm. it was just everybody you know got behind it and it made 62 million dollars opening weekend which wow. for january wow. is pretty insane yeah yeah, Gosh, that is, yeah. it's a big yeah. number in january it's a big number anyway it's but a it's a big number, number in january for- for, yeah, for a movie that's getting a sequel 17 years later. And then we had Doolittle that you talked about, which didn't get really well reviewed. And here's what I think happened with Doolittle. I mean, it's Robert Downey Jr. It's his first sort of big role since Iron Man. And people were like, what is Robert Downey Jr. going to do next? And he does this family movie. He produced this movie with his wife. And I got to talk to him. I, I hosted the premiere a couple weeks ago. And I got to talk to him about it. And you really felt like, he just had this buoyancy to him. He just seemed like he was just like so happy to be doing something different. I loved this movie. And I think what happened in terms of the reviews, this movie is very much for kids. And I think there's a lot of movies out there that are for kids, but they really pander to adults. 
but this one is really for kids and maybe it's because I'm slightly immature, but I, I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> I loved watching because he's acting opposite probably a lot of tennis balls and, you know, they CGI in these animals. I really enjoyed it. So if you, if you want to get out, you know, this weekend with your kids or your family, I really thought Doolittle was super entertaining and it's great watching him just react to everything. Nikki Novak from Fandango is with us here. I have a, uh, a Robert Downey joint, Robert Downey question for you. Robert, Robert Downey yeah. Jr. question yeah. for you. Easy for me to say. Uh, Within you, reason ask. Right. <laughs> he, has, he has so much money now. Mm-hmm. I mean, like insane money, not just a lot of money. Yeah. He has insane money. So will we see yeah. him start to do the Clooney, sort of the antithesis of Clooney? I do one for the fans. I do one for myself. And he's just going to do stuff for himself now. And perhaps, yeah, well, you know. You know, I I think with him, because his wife is his producing partner and they've done like nine or ten movies together now, which most people don't realize that because he's been so entrenched with Marvel. I don't think she had anything to do with the Marvel movies. But, you know, they've worked together a lot over the years, and you really get the sense of they. he just really wants to find stuff he really likes, properties he really likes, and explore. And look, he is, is, he's a great actor, but he's also a great businessman, and he gets it. And if people aren't responding to things, you know, he's hinted, he was hinting during the Doolittle press that, that he'd be up for playing Iron Man again, where, you know, six months ago, a year ago, he was like, never again. Right, yeah. It. And now he's kind of saying, well, never say never. So I think he's that guy that I don't think he's, you know, like Quentin Tarantino has said, I've made nine movies, I'm making one more and I'm retiring. And that's it. And I believe that he'll stick to it. Where I think Robert Downey Jr. is a little more like flexible mm-hmm. in, the, in terms of what he'll do. And I think he's very sort of fanciful and whimsical as he is, you know, in his films. And you, you kind of get the sense that, oh, he'll just suddenly go, yeah, I'll do that. So yeah. I think it's going to be probably, yeah, like what you're saying. But I think it's going to be a combination. All right. Fandango's Nikki Novak. Uh, two movies uh, that are out this weekend you have some familiarity with. The Gentleman's Coming Out and The Turning, which is a horror movie. I'll let you uh, yeah. go in that order, however you want to go. Yeah. So The Gentleman is Guy Ritchie. If you know from him from movies like Snatch. Now, I... You most recently saw a Guy Ritchie movie. He directed Aladdin last year, which actually was the most fun I had at the movies all year. I loved Aladdin. I thought he did a phenomenal job. I thought he was the perfect director to like modernize a Disney property and make it fun. And he's so good with visuals that I thought he would, he did a great job. So this is sort of going back to his snatch kind of like heist, that kind of thriller, bad boys, kind of thing but the the cast in this movie and this movie is a ton of fun the cast in this movie so it's Matthew McConaughey who plays like this drug kingpin who wants to retire and it's kind of a a bit of a whodunit but it's like the cast is like Hugh Grant Matthew McConaughey um, Henry Golding Michelle Dockery um, and then if you like Succession which I'm obsessed with Jeremy Strong in this movie it's just Charlie Hunnam I didn't already mention him. It's just, you know, a ton of fun. Very R-rated. This is not the one to bring the kids to. But if you like, you know, Guy Ritchie films and that kind of gangster feel, then you're going to love this. And then the other one, like you said, is The Turning. Um, And this is, you know, horror movies just always do well at the box office. Just <laughs> and it's in look. It's a creepy house. It's little kids. What more do you want? Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'll say about and you that and one. you you don't mind a horror movie. You you are okay with yeah. them, right? I used to not like them. I used to not like them. And then uh, Fandango started sending me in all of them because it used to really terrify me. And there's nothing better than seeing somebody who's genuinely terrified and interviewing a cast. 
So, um, but then I sort of developed an affinity for them. And I think, I think I, you know, I think there's been some really cool horror movies that sort of cross the genres. Like I wouldn't say Parasite is a horror movie, but it's kind of a thriller. Mm-hmm. I liked movies like Us and Get Out by mm-hmm. Jordan Peele. I mm-hmm. like those kind of thinkers, but this is just, The Turning is just like a classic, classic jump scare horror movie. Nikki Novak is with us. The award season is happening uh, all around us. So, is there anything that <laughs> is a, all around me? Right, well, around you at least. Is there anything that's a surprise? Uh, is there anything that is a, a front runner now for Oscar? Yeah, so I think you know when we all a couple months ago started talking about award season, like back in September, October, and started you know saying what was going to be what what were going to be like the Oscar front runners. I think you thought it was going to be the Irishman. I think people thought The Irishman, the Martin Scorsese movie with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and Joe Pesci, who are just masters. And then I think people thought Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, even though it released in the summer, this is the Quentin Tarantino movie with Brad Pitt. And Brad Pitt keeps winning all the awards. And Leonardo DiCaprio is nominated. Marco Robbie's been nominated um, quite a bit. So I think people thought it was going to be those two. And now 1917, which released, you know, I know it released back in December, but released wide a few weeks ago has really caught fire. It's one of those movies like American Sniper that the American public, it's a war movie and, and it started winning all these awards. And I think it became sort of like the Oscar front runner. It also did really well at the box office. So I always get happy when an Oscar movie is seen by a lot of people. So people go, don't go, I, why am I going to watch the Oscars? I've never heard of these movies. This mm-hmm. is one of those that people have gone out to see so now I think 1917 is kind of the front runner. And then this movie Parasite that I've just been talking about, which I don't know if people have caught. It's a smaller movie, but it's, it's caught fire and mm-hmm. it's, it's a foreign language movie. And, you know, by the South Korean director Bong Joon-ho. But it's really one of those edge of your seat. Like people have said, you know, and he even joked in one of his acceptance speeches. I don't want to, you know, like my family would say, I don't want to see a subtitled movie, but you forget five minutes into it that you're reading subtitles because it just, you could almost watch it without the subtitles and know what was going on. Um, so those two have really become the front runners. So it's kind of been a surprise this award season, but count on Oscar night. Brad Pitt will be on that stage accepting his Oscar. Renee Zellweger is going to be on that stage, most likely for Judy. You're probably going to have Joaquin Phoenix win for Joker. Um, and then I'll say one more surprise and I'll leave you with this. Joker actually got the most number of Oscar nominations of any film. That was a surprise to me. I didn't know if the Academy was going to embrace yeah. Joker. And and I thought it was one of those very divisive films. But the fact that it got the most number of nominations, actually, I thought was great. Did Sandler get uh, kind of jobbed here on Uncut Gems? Yeah. I mean, there's a few that were on the fringe, a few movies that were on the fringe. There was a movie called Honey Boy with Shia LaBeouf. It was kind of his childhood story that I thought was fantastic. The Farewell with Aquafina was fantastic. And then Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. I mean, when I watched Uncut Gems for the first time, and I've seen it, I think, three times now, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, he's going to win the Oscar. It's going to be him and Joaquin. So the fact that he didn't get nominated, you know, it's really hard to say. Sometimes the Academy, like, they like somebody with kind of like a body of work underneath them that they've shown over the years that they've really honed in on, you know, the dramatic category. And I think he just has made a lot of raunchy, silly comedies and maybe they just didn't take him seriously enough. Cause you sort of thought with JLo, she didn't get nominated. Yeah. Aquafina, it was, 
you know, it was for her first dramatic turn. She didn't get nominated. So, and then Kathy Bates, who, you know, the Academy loves, wasn't necessarily expected to get nominated for Richard Jewell, and she did. Mm. So I think sometimes it's, it's the respect of the Academy over a number of years. But I will say, Adam Sandler, that category was the strongest category of the year. There were like 10 performances right, that right. were Oscar-worthy. So it was just it was just the way it felt. Fandango's Nikki Novak. Thank you. That's a lot of movies. <laughs> Go see them. <laughs> Go see them all. <laughs> I'm sure I'm